So today I'd like to talk to us about, and uh, if uh, by the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, talk to you about a God who sees. A God who sees. So you give me those scriptures up there and, uh, you know, as they're coming up there, think about this, that, you know, God has eyes. You know, and those those eyes, you know, uh, you know, Obviously, they see a whole lot more than what our eyes do, okay? But they, they convey to him. Uh, they communicate. And, you know, he actually sees. And it says, the, law, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on evil and good. Aren't you glad today God knows what's going on? Yeah. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy. There is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, I have also here seen him who sees. Thank you. There's a name of God that is Elroy. And it simply means that he's a God who sees. A God that gazes upon. My objective in, in, in is to, uh, on this, the eyes of God this morning is not to speak to you about so much, you know, the general gaze of God. Because there is that. He beholds all things. But that, that God that sees, he sees our struggles. You know. And in that struggle, and that which he notices or sees, he, he comes alongside. You know, and uh, in, in essence, he choose, chooses to see the unseen. Chooses to see the unseen. That which might, you know what I mean, might not be clear. But, you know, after seeing, then you zero in. All right? It's, it, it, it's like a magnification that goes on when God uh, uh, goes ahead and, and, and sees. He, he, he directs his gaze towards your situation. Yes, he does. And so, we can take comfort and we can walk without fear because God is not blind. Amen? Amen. God is not blind. Absolutely. Whatever is going on, God sees. 
A God that sees, that is all-knowing. Of course, we know he's all-powerful and he's all-loving. And he cares for us, for you. The life of Joseph gives us a close-up visual of this. And that is that it shows us how active God is in the journey of our lives. He sees both the good and he sees the evil. It's a, a beautiful, loving picture of this good shepherd, you know, who guides us to green pastures and he walks us through valleys. Whether the day may be sweet or bitter. He does not leave our side. Genesis 28 and 19 says as he speaks to Abraham, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you, no, this is not uh, Abraham, this would be Jacob. And will bring you back to the land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. The mission of God, hallelujah, is to see to it that what he has spoken regarding your life, he stays there until it is finished. Absolutely. So let's begin, first of all, by talking about uh, uh, this eye of God. God, God sees. It's the story of Hagar. You know, Hagar was the maidservant of Abraham and Sarah. The setting that we are draw the words from that she said God sees she's a single mom she's abandoned by her family she's alone in the wilderness with very little provision she is filled with wandering questions she is crying she is lost she's in despair she feels like she is alone and yet, God comes to her. And God speaks to her and begins to console her, you know, and let her know that uh, in spite of what has just happened, he is, he is there. We begin to discover that God's care when he's talking about the eyes of the Lord, that his care is customized. Or we might use the word personalized. But personalized just means, you know what I mean, to us personally. But customized means that it's specifically arranged in detail. That it fits the occasion. You know, it is designed to bring us to completeness. Absolutely. And there is a customized care that we see in Scripture in the life of Jabez. 
We all know the prayer of Jabez, and we've, you know, been enriched by it. But it says that Jabez called upon God, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. All right? In other words, there's be some specific blessings, identifiable. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know, but God does. He goes and says, I, I want you to enlarge my territory. I desire that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. And then, of course, last, that I might not cause pain. He wanted his life to be a blessing. And the word says, and God granted him what he requested. He granted it a customized answer to Jabez's prayer, demonstrating that God has and is a personalized, personally involved in your life and my life. That is the children of God. That he cares. Our, our God is a hands-on God. Hands-on. I will not leave you until I have fulfilled all my word to you. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 30, it says that the very hairs of your head are numbered. Boy, I mean, that's detail, isn't it? I don't think it's so much about how many hairs you got or how few hairs you got, but God wants you to know that the, the detail of your life, God's, you know, aware of it and involved. Detailed. This God that sees, he cares, but he helps and he guides. This God who sees, you know, is, is about, knows exactly when and how to help. It's pretty amazing. The things that we call ordinary may be actually extraordinary. Think about it. The routine. Even the boring can be extraordinary. God wants us to know this morning that you can enter your future and you don't need to be afraid. That which is unseen, he sees. That which is troubling you, it's not troubling him, okay? But he's not just going to stand by as an observer. He is a God who sees. More than just general seeing, but giving attention 
two. So she says, the angel of the Lord found me. And then she interprets what is going on in the conversation that he actually knows where I'm at. He knows my plight. He knows my situation. He knows if I'm on the mountain or under the mountain. And one of the things that's important about realizing that God sees, it will help you see God. <laughs> because that's what it follows up, follows up with. He is not only a God that sees, but I have also seen him. The eyes of God. Psalms 139. You saw my substance being yet unformed. Amazing. God sees. Psalms 139 and 13. Again, references how God sees. God sees. David, you read his songs, and we discover in those writings that from time, you know, he's running from Saul. He's escaping for his life. He's in the desert places. He really doesn't have a place or a home. He's what they call a fugitive. This shepherd boy, this mighty warrior, this anointed king is alone, terrified. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. That was the conclusion of David's, you know, own meditation, faith and hope. God responds to David as he sees him and he says, I will be the rock of your salvation. I will hold you up by the strength of my right hand and the power of my spirit will free you from all fear. In those desert places, those empty spaces, when it seems like nobody sees, God sees. And he sees for the purpose of filling those spaces. My God shall supply. Fear not, for lo, I am with thee, even to the end of the earth. Because I am a God who sees. I am a God who sees. This personalized, customized care of God starts with 
God knows your name. Isaiah 43. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You will notice that Abraham and Sarah, whenever they addressed Hagar, they did not address her by her name. They simply said, my slave or your slave. And that indicated that there was not a great value being projected from them regarding her. But the first thing that God does when he finds Hagar in that desolate place, he calls her by name. Indicating that there is value. There is, you know what I mean, a distinction. And the wonderful thing about this that's, is this, this customization, personalization of God's scene. I don't know how many Scots there are, you know, in his family. But when he sees Scott, he sees Scott Stockwell. Address such and such. And he has a lineage. That's why there's great stories of lineages are in the Bible. That personal, you know, heritage that connects us many times with, with God. God knows your name. In John chapter 10, it says, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Yes, he redeemed the whole world and he did it all on the cross. But it wasn't, you know what I mean? Just everybody and nobody. It was always somebody. I believe there's a song that talks about how that when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. God sees when, when he's talking about the eyes of the Lord. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro on all the earth. He's not a reporter. He's looking to find out, looking to see, you know what I mean, where he needs to go. Whether it was angelic help, a person coming to your aid, or just the Holy Spirit himself arriving. He calls his own sheep by name and he, and he leads them, them out.
a, 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 a person lies and it says in Isaiah 49 and 6, it says, see I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. We'll deal with that one first. Think about that, being engraved. It carries a deeper meaning than being written. Now, some of the translations will tell you, you know what I mean, will use the word written. But no, it means that God has cut, God has carved into the, his own palm of his hand you, your name. Whether he does it by name or picture or whatever, I don't know what. No, but let me tell you, God's hand is very big. Because it says he, he, can, he, can, he, he measures things in the, in the palm of his hand. The whole earth, everything, you know, our big world. God just says, I measure it there. So there's room in his hand for you. He carves it in there. He engraves it. It gives him a visual. It gives him a visual. I wonder if when Jesus hung on the cross and they went ahead and drove those nails in his hands, if that happened to be the carving of God. I don't think that the nails could hold him if there wasn't more reason for the nails. Hallelujah. Was it not the hands that convinced Thomas that Jesus indeed was the Savior. Yeah. Oh, some kind of communication that was going on. Hallelujah. Then he says, your walls are ever, are continuing to be forming. In other words, he says that it, it's a memorial. Always reminding God. But God never forgets. But he wants you and I to know that you have his personal attention. His personal attention. And you are, are, are surrounded by walls of security and, 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 and protection. There's a table. The eyes of God is to tell us that you, you are in constant, or God is in constant remembrance of his people. God is so personal that it says in Psalms 139 that God sees your thoughts. 
For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. God sees your thoughts. That's good news for that very private person. You're not the kind of person that shares too much. You don't tell, and I mean, what's going on in your life. Well, that doesn't interrupt God. This is God, He sees in the dark. Psalms 139. Darkness is light to Him. God's eyes sees your path and your future. For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, Proverbs 5 and 21. And he ponders all his paths. To ponder means to consider. Deuteronomy 31 and 8 says that the Lord is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Customized. I probably don't need what you need. You don't need what I need. So, your package is not going to end up at my address. The package that belongs to you is going to end up at your address. It was this great psalmist that said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Because God sees. God sees. Bearing with it the idea that God also understands. He not only sees your path and your future, but he also sees the spiritual realm. He knows what's going on. You remember the story of Elisha and his servant Gehazi. Gehazi could not see that God had already made an arrangement for the heavenly hosts to be on sight. <laughs> they were on sight. And Elijah prayed that his eyes would be open. God knows what's going on. I like the passage of Scripture. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. 
The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. How many know that the eyesight determines that? What God sees. Personalized, customized, caring God. But he also wants us to know that God is aware. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. The condition of the world, it says, and God saw. See, God sees. He not only sees the wicked, he knows the end of the wicked. Fret not because of evildoers, because I see it. You don't worry about them. Pray for your enemies. Love those that hate you and despitefully use you. Yeah, God sees. Psalm 53 and 2, God looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see. Exodus chapter 3. He comes to Moses, he said, he said, I have seen the oppression. As they stood before the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army coming up behind them, it says the Lord looked down. Where? Well, we know that there was the cloud and there was the pillar of fire. And God looked down upon the Egyptian army through the pillar of fire and the cloud. God got involved, didn't he? It didn't look like he was going to do anything. I'm sure that as... They're probably not seeing the actual chariots, but they're seeing the cloud of dust that what a great army would create. Almost like these fires that are going on. You know what I mean? That the smoke rises to the heaven so you can see it from a very far distance. Yes, God cares cares about your children, your family, your job, your fears. He cares about you. And God says, I will help. Isaiah 41 and 13, he says, I will help you. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, I will help you.
talks about his right hand upholding us. Yes, there are times that we have burdens, but God's intention is, is to transform that burden to blessing. He wants to make the situation or the pain, the distress, He wants to make it productive. Call on to me and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things that you don't know of. How many like to see some great and mighty things that we haven't seen? Hallelujah. Some personal requests because God sees. Lord, this is what I'd like for you to do. And it says that God granted that request. It's really important what you're storing in your brain. Your brain is is like a a, a barn or a, 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 a granary. It is a it is a information center. We need to get up there. God sees. He's not seeing, you know, my thought is not it's not that he's trying to see your faults and your mistakes and your shortcomings. He's trying to see what I what he can do. What can I do to help you? So I leave you with this thought regarding your brain. Be mindful of what you're mindful of. I'm asking my musicians to come this morning. The Father's care package that He's given to us in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in Him would not perish, but ever have everlasting life. God is all about removing those things that will cause us to perish that will diminish the God life in us. God already knows what you have need of. Your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask them. I don't like that. You know what I mean? I don't have to be standoffish. I don't have to be, you know, tentative (laughs) about speaking it out. If I'm off base, he already knows it. (laughs) 
Is it possible? Apparently it is. That some things are missing in our life because we haven't asked for them. We're reluctant. Ask that you might receive. <clears throat> Jesus is that ultimate caregiver. Isaiah 53. Surely he's borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and, and by his stripes you were healed. Stand with me this morning. So many times it's what's going on and what's not happening or what is happening that kind of rattles us. It just seems to be a bent that we have. The great disciples had the same bent. And so Jesus would frequently say, don't fear. Just don't fear. I think within that he's saying, don't worry. Don't worry. But you know what you're supposed to do? Pray. Praying always with all prayer. Let me read to you Psalms 121 as we close this morning. If you're like me, I like to know what's going on. And I want the answer before I got the question. I don't want to trust. Because trusting is challenging.
I don't want to wait. Waiting's hard. Lift up mine eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Remember the Mount Carmel with Elijah and those prophets of Baal and they're trying to get their gods to wake up. Maybe your gods are sleeping. I mean, I know Elijah's kind of taunting on that, isn't he? He's Elijah. He can do that, okay? <laughs> but God, he doesn't slumber. He doesn't sleep. He sees the righteous and he sees the wicked. And he's got a care package for the righteous. And if the wicked don't turn, he's got a judgment package for them too. Hallelujah. God sees. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. I will not leave you. Until everything that I told you has come to pass. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus says, I want you to know I'm not only there and here for your extended care, but I'm here for your daily care. Like getting close to retirement, they understand the extended care. <laughs> when you're right in the middle of the thick of things, you know what I mean? All you're worried about is the daily care. <laughs> I think I told you this before, but in Tennessee and how'd you like to do this you know what I mean you're, you're part of a thousand people you know what I mean uh, I happen to be a guest speaker but I wasn't speaking and they're ministering and then God and the man of God comes up and he say, says to me God has been faithful to you now everybody knows how I'm thinking 
Everybody knows what's going on in my life. Everybody knows, you know what I mean? That, you know, I'm in doubt of God. I'm questioning them, you know, and he's not living up to my expectations. And God says, I have been faithful. his gaze towards you this morning. And when he directs his gaze towards you, he's telling you that you're going to get his help. probability and he makes a request so as you go home this week take that out what do you want this morning on everybody because God sees